What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Now that the tears dry and the pain takes over, let's talk this payola, payola. You killed God's baby when it wasn't his will and blood spill. We can't talk this over, over. The Lord is my shepherd. I am not sheep. I am just a short stone's throw from the streets. I bring my offering. I will not preach. Awaken my demons. You can hear that man screaming. I'm no different than the priest. Priest. Santeria. 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 They say the death comes in threes, how appropriate, appropriate. triple break the Russian like Soviets. What up, 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 though? Welcome to the Ballhawk Show podcast. Appreciate y'all for taking time out today to listen to the latest episode. Today's episode, gotta do it, man. Gotta recap Virginia versus Virginia Tech. Gave myself over 24 hours before I stopped with one of the mics so I wouldn't be too uh, defensive and... Wouldn't be so much on the attack. I had to process everything that not only went down Saturday night, but just, you know, in its totality. Whether it was tweets, uh, emails, DMs, you know, it's a it's a rivalry game. So I wanted to make sure that I'm, you know, level-headed and, and can provide the best product um, I could versus just jumping on and feeding the wolves and being super negative because that's the easiest thing to do. Not saying I'm going to be up here copping please and playing captain saver coach or captain saver player, but, you know, just I just wanted to be level-headed when it came to this episode. So before we get started and, and, and jump right into it, got to salute the sponsors, salute to Abra Insurance. Abra Insurance, go to abrainsurance.net for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life insurance, the good people at Abra Insurance service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. That's home, auto, life insurance also 2020 has sucked and it's almost the new year's which means new balls with our sponsor manscape manscape is the best in men's below the waist grooming offering precision engineer tools for your family jewels and helping two million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls if you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine manscape is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. So what you need to do is look for the perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. That's a lawnmower 3.0. You got the crop preserver. You got the crop reviver. And if you want 20% off and free shipping, go to manscaped.com. Type in the promo code, The Ball Hawk Show. Again, they get 20% off and free shipping. Use the code, The Ball Hawk Show, at manscaped.com that's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the ball hawk show promo code happy new years to your ball so let's jump right into it man got to break down commonwealth cup class 2020 that did not end in the favor of the wahoos they lost by a score of 33 to 15. It was 27 to 7 at halftime. And I know everybody, everybody thought, well, we did it before 98. It was 29 to 7. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, the second quarter was the big quarter of the game. 24 points scored by Virginia Tech. 24. 
four-point scores. Seven to three at the end of the first quarter. They are up for 24 unanswered points. Third quarter, UVA outscored Virginia Tech eight to three. And in the fourth quarter, Virginia Tech outscored UVA three to zero. So, but on the season, UVA is now five and five, four and five in the ACC, while Virginia Tech is five of six, five and six, five and five in the ACC. When you look at the first downs, Virginia Tech had 20, UVA had 19. Net rushing yards, 256. I mean, 252 for Virginia Tech. That right there really jumped out at me. Uh, out at me. 252 yards rushing. It's a lot of it's a lot of yards. We not Miami. We ain't get ran over like them, but 252 is still getting ran over. Uh, we only ran for 55 yards. We had 21 rush attempts. They had 45 rush attempts. Net passing yards, we had 267. They had 212. Um, we attempted 47 passes. They attempted just 22 passes. They averaged 14 yards per completion. We averaged 10.3 yards per completion. Total yards, 322 for us, which was our lowest output of the season. And they had 464. We ran 68 plays. They ran 67 plays. Time of possessions, they dominated 35 minutes to 24 minutes. Dominated. Dominated. Third down conversions, they were 9 of 16. We were 6 of 14. Points off a turnover, they had three. We had zero. Um, look at them rushing. Khalil Herbert, Juice, had 20 carries for 162. Uh, so he had a 76-yarder, and he had a, I believe, like a 42-yarder. So basically, and, I, you know, you, this is what you do these days, right? You break things down. You get super analytical. So he had 162 yards rushing. With his 76-yarder and, I guess, what, his 41-yarder, that was 117. So other than that, 18 carries, he had 45 yards. You take away those two big runs, but that's what it's all about, explosive runs. They can say the same thing about Bryce Perkins last year versus them. You know, his two touchdown runs were the chunk runs that gave him the yards that he had. But it just goes to let you know how explosive plays – really shift the game. And they had explosive plays, and we really did. Um, Holston had 58 yards rushing, and uh, Hermeister had 36 yards rushing. Trey Turner had six yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Brendan Armstrong had 15 carries, 23 yards. He was sacked four times for negative 27 yards, so that's what bumped him down. He really had 15 for 50. That's not much better. Uh, Shane Simpson had two carries, 22 yards. Wayne Tyler Popper, two carries, eight yards. And Keaton Thompson had two carries, one yard. So, I mean, two yards. So, I'll discuss the running. Look, I got so many questions I got to answer when I get to the analytical part. So, I know you guys got questions about the running back position and how we move forward. And that'll be answered in this podcast as well. If you want to get right to that, just fast forward probably about a minute and a half uh, because it's not going to take me that much longer to go through. Man, you know what? I ain't going through no more stats. Let's get right to it, man. Let's get right to it. Well, no, no, no. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. Receiving Billy Kemp led the way. 
nine receptions, 73 yards. Uh, Pogen had five catches, 66 yards and a touchdown. Lavelle Davis had three catches, 75 yards. Jana, three catches, 24 yards. Shimson, three catches, four yards. Keaton, one catch, 11 yards and a touchdown. Nick Jackson had a catch on a fake punt for eight yards. And Rashawn Henry had one catch, six yards. Brendan was 25 of 46, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 259 yards, passing along of 33. Um, defensively, I'm going to just go through all stuff. I ain't going through this. Uh, Cohen King had 10 tackles. He led the way, which was a career high for him. Nick Jackson had, I mean, Nick Grant, I'm sorry, had eight tackles, a half a tackle for a loss, a tackle and a half for a loss. Gam had eight tackles. Nick Jackson had seven tackles, one tackle for a loss. Manny Alonzo, six tackles, a half a tackle for a loss. Joey Blunt, five tackles, a half a tackle for a loss. Zane, five tackles, a half a tackle for a loss. Elijah Gaines, four tackles um, when he filled in for Devontae. Uh, Jameer Carter had four tackles. Noah Taylor, four tackles. One and a half tackle for a loss. Adib had three tackles. Elliot Brown, two tackles. Cross had two tackles and a half a tackle for a loss. Bratton, two tackles. Tommy Chris, a tackle. Jordan Redmond, one tackle. Harrison, one tackle. Brendan had a tackle on interception. Hayden Mitchell, one tackle. Lavelle Davis had a tackle. And Hunter Stewart had a former recovery. Um, but yeah, man. Did I want to go over any game notes? Yeah, we'll go over some game notes. Um, well, I already talked about UVA's 322 yards of total offense was the lowest output of the season. Some player notes. The three catches and 75 yards for Lavelle uh, gave him a four, or 14 of his 20 receptions this season had gone for 20-plus yards. He moved into second place on UVA's freshman receiving list, passing my bro Billy McMullins, 483 in 1999, uh, Herman Moore, 466 and 88, and Tyrone Davis, 465. Uh, Davis' season total after the game is now 515 receiving yards. So salute to uh, Lavelle Davis Jr. Terrell Jana and Pogen each had over 400 yards for the season, joining wide receiver Billy Kemp and also Lavelle Davis Jr. It's the third time since 2000 UVA has had four different receivers with 400-plus receiving yards in the same season. So salute to all of them. Uh, Billy Kemp has now had 100 career receptions. He is up to 102, tying him for number 24 all-time with the great Kanan Severin. Uh, Terrell Jana passed Joe Reed for number 17 all-time on UVA's career receiving yard list. He now has 1,481 yards. Shout-out to uh, Tony Pogen. He knocks his sixth touchdown of the season, pushing him to a four-way tie for number two on UVA's single-season touchdown reception list. He shares it with Ed Bruce and Heath Miller. Uh, his 66 receiving yards. Versus Tech pushed him to 4-11 for the season, which puts him a three-way tie for number seven on UVA single season, receiving yards by a tight end with Eric Carrington and a main man, Aaron Mundy, from Hampton High School. Uh, with five receptions, Pogen now has 38 for the season, which puts him in a three-way tie for most in single season receptions by a tight end. 
And he shares that with Chris Luzar, who did it in 2001, and then Heath Miller in 2002. So salute to Tony Pogian. So let's get right to some questions that I filled it. Um, all right, my thoughts for the game, my thoughts for the game and, and what I saw. I guess we could start. Let's start offensively because everybody was singing the offensive praises, right, the past four weeks. Let's just call it spade a spade. Other than the double pass that went for a safety, everybody's been loving what the offense has showed. You know, whether it was UNC, whether it was Louisville, Abilene Christian, Boston College, we all can agree or be in agreement that even, even though you might have some trepidation about what Coach Nod does at certain aspects, like certain points of the game, overall, everybody's been pleased with his play calling. And the reason why majority of the time is because you've been winning. You look at numbers, the numbers, and the win. It's like there's no way you can really complain because at the end of the day, you want to win. It's no different than with Brendan. The past four games, played at a high level, didn't turn the ball over. This has been accurate. Um, they put up a graphic for the game. You saw the first three games, you know, versus the last four games. It was night and day. It's been phenomenal. And, you know, you, you have a lot of confidence going into Blacksburg, which you should. Four-game winning streak. They're riding a the four-game losing streak. Uh, their secondary struggles. We figure, hey, we can take advantage of throwing the football. And the first drive demonstrated everything that we will hope for. Just march right down the field. Some third down conversions that we needed. Uh, was keeping them off balance. Attacking the middle of the field. The short passing game. Getting Brennan out the pocket. Been doing what we've been doing. It's been Brennan's leg and his arms. Right? Just being honest. These four games. It's been his arms and his leg. Arms and his legs. And the first drive showed that that was probably the best play calling or open and drive play calling that Ana has ever shown because it was versus Tech. Like everything is going to get magnified versus the Hokies. You know? It's, it's the big game. So everything is magnified. Everything that you did leading up to the point doesn't matter. And we said that. That's why we said records don't matter coming into this game. And the reaction in the post game exemplifies what I've been saying. It doesn't matter what you do before this game. What you do during this game is going to cause everybody to react the way they react. Just is what it is. And after that first drive, it went down to trash can juiceville for the fans in which, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why, why, why? That's where all the whys came in, right? Even on the muff punt, you, you tried to little misdirection, get the defense flowing with Keaton one way, running with Brennan, didn't work. Then we tried another, you know, inside zone read. Brennan had to pull it, didn't work. Then you get to third down. You got Keaton as the, the tight number three, which I didn't understand because I felt like you should always have the veil as a tight number three. Even, even, and I said this, as a matter of fact, we did do that. We did that versus um, Boston College. We did it versus Boston College where we had Lavelle as a tight number three and we tried that that fade with them when Pogen popped wide open. And and this was the perfect game to keep Lavelle as a tight number three with, with trips because you got a 6'7 guy going up the scene. 
and a natural receiver who has a better feel for, uh, you know, areas vacating and if a guy is riling to you late, you know, how to put him on your hip. And I think Keaton just got confused that if he should stay up the scene because he flashed open immediately or with the guy, you know, flashing to him late, like rallying to him late, should he go underneath? And a natural receiver is going to keep the defender on his hip and allow Brendan to throw it over the shoulder, which to me would have been a touchdown if it was Avail there or possibly Pogian, you know. Um, but I will say this, offensively, yes, play calls and became questionable because when we gave the ball to Shane, he had a 10-yard gain, and then we didn't come back to him. Like, I, I, I would really like to know what they saw during the week in which they felt like they couldn't utilize the inside zones. Because I felt like the way our offensive line was blocking the past month, that we can use our, utilize our backs. And that takes me to one of the questions that I got. Um, now the big question is, if you are a running back, will you come to UVA? If you are Mike Hollins, will you return to UVA? That's the biggest question mark now. You got folks even questioning the backs that we have as to the reason why we don't utilize the backs. Like, this is what I'm saying and why I usually take a lot of time before I respond. And I'm very open-minded to when I respond because if I make a comment like that, it comes out strong. And even when I read a comment like that, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not going to make that assumption that maybe we don't got the talent and that's why we don't lean on our backs. Look, man, we got guys who can run the football. The proof is in the pudding. If you've been watching games, you can see that you give our backs the rock. They make things happen. And the proof is also in the pudding if you watch the game that he, he, he gets tunnel vision, that he won't utilize the back. He utilizes the daughter backs to run the ball. And I'm not here to, like, demonize and kick Coach and I or demonize and kick down the running backs. I'm just sharing my thoughts and my truth. Does he have to do a better job in understanding, hey, man, I got to get back to the essence of using my backs and, and take advantage of my offensive line who, unlike past years, can get a push and create lanes. And I have backs who have very good vision. Like, give my backs a chance. Invest in it. Bank on it. Every game's different. Now I get it. The, 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 the floor of the game got us out of what we really wanted to do, right? I don't know what we really want to do. Maybe the, the, the point of this game was to start off with a short passing game and then start to run the ball as the floor of the game went on. But the game blew up in our face so damn fast with 24 answer points that you probably not going to try to run the ball once you down 30 to seven. That's just, just, just how I look at it. You know, we came out halftime. Did we score coming out of halftime? No, we didn't, we didn't score coming out of halftime. We ended up having the punt. They, they score, or they kick a field goal. It's 30 to 7, and we finally answer, make it 30 to 15. But w- the way the game is going, this game, one, once it got out of hand. Now, before it got out of hand, yes, you should have ran the ball more with the back because Shane showed you a glimpse, like Shane broke. Like, I'm going right back to it. And I'm pretty sure they were keyed on, let's make sure five don't beat us. 
Pretty sure of that. They wasn't the best defense versus the run. Wasn't the best defense versus the pass. It's a lot of time. I felt like Brennan didn't see the field as well as he did in, in weeks past. And even versus Boston College, he didn't see the, the field well the first quarter. Um, a lot of the times the middle of the field was open. It was a receiver open. A lot of times he predetermined who he wanted to go to. A lot of times Virginia Tech tipped off the defense that they were running, that he should identify. He still has to get better at identifying the island smokes, which is a boundary corner blitz. Like Virginia Tech doesn't show a lot of press. And if you see the boundary corner is, blitz, is you know, uh, press, you have to anticipate that they're going to fire and, and use a smoke and blitz them. And then you and that receiver have a sight adjustment that when you get the ball out to him quickly, make them pay. Or you check something. Also, you know, tight ends got to do a better job blocking blitzing corners. Um, but it was a perfect storm for everything. It was a perfect storm for Nye to fall back into his old habits. It was a perfect storm for uh, Brendan Armstrong to fall back into the NC State game as far as his inability to see the field as he should have. It was the perfect storm for his accuracy to go back down. It was a host of many things. But the one thing I'm not going to do that I see a lot of people do, and it's just not football. I see y'all, just not Virginia fan base either. I see fans do this around the world. They overhype in wins and they overreact in losses. It just is what it is. I had a gentleman ask me, hey, Ballhawk, how do you deal with the type of negativity that you see towards players and your team, even when you play? And I just said to myself, bro, I've been doing this a long time and responding to each and everything. At the end of the day, it's not going to change how somebody feels. Somebody's going to feel the way they feel regardless. And it just is what it is. And you let folks have it. Unless they come at me personally, you know, I'll try to throw things out. If I know somebody and we got a good relationship, then I'll respond to them because it's a rapport there and it's a dialogue and it's a, it's a common respect there to where even though somebody's venting and being super negative, we know each other so well that I know comma heads will prevail. But social media now is a place where people vent. It's therapeutic for people to where they going to put out certain statements and they're going to feel better. Like, ha, I feel better now because I typed it versus just saying it out loud. They want to see if folks feel the way that they do. They want folks to hit the like, hit the heart, because some people feel empowered by that. Some people feel empowered by people co-signing what they say. And that's them. And mental health is real. So if that's the way, if that's therapeutic for them, that just is what it is. They speaking their truth. They giving opinions. People, stop saying y'all speaking truth. You providing an opinion. I'm providing an opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like people call me an expert. All I'm providing is a a, a, a opinion based off my experience in playing this game. That's it. I don't know if it'd be like, that's fact. I'm, I'm a fact, truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I hate that stance. That's why people come to me and say, I'm giving you facts. I'm giving you, I'm speaking the truth. No, you not. You speaking your opinion. So let's just put that out there. We all share opinion, right? Cool. Got that taken care of. But 
uh, as far as coaching now and a running back situation, every coordinator has it's, it's, it's some form of a skill position that doesn't flourish as well compared to other offensive schemes. Like, but I get it's glaring for the past couple of years since Jordan Ellis left, who was a thousand yard rusher when he was here. And even I was used to say, hey, we got to give Jay Train the ball even more because anytime he touched the ball 20 plus times, we were undefeated. And that means you was controlling the clock. That means you were setting the tone. But then again, Zebra not going to change his stripes. Even at BYU, they, they will have a 1,000-yard rusher. But at the same time, they would rather throw the football or utilize the quarterback as the runner. So again, it takes me back to the question, if I'm a top back, will I come to UVA? That's up to the young man. When Smoke was here, he was featured more as a pass catcher, but he was getting a lot of touches. Now, now if you're a back that can catch and run, you probably be featured. You'll come here. What can it? Will it be the? You know, is it discouraging as a running back? Absolutely. I'm being honest with you. Yeah, you'll get discouraged because you're not toting the pill. Everybody wants the damn ball. Hell, when you was receiver here, even with the great, you know, George Wilson, you go out there and you look at these other offenses, you'd be like, damn, they get a lot of catches. Because if you look at our annals from past, like our receivers. That, that did well average a lot yards per catch. It wasn't like they were catching a whole lot of passes. We were a dominant running offense that utilized play action, and you got chunk plays. So if you put reverse the lens, you'd be like, man, if you was a top flight receiver, would you come to UV? Like, I'm not, I don't get into those type of stories. But like that, that to me, to me, that's just one of the things that, You got to tread lightly. I, I tread lightly with, with those subjects because it, it's, it's going to be like that in any scheme or in any school. You know? Certain certain positions just feel like, oh, I, if if I specialize in this, I need to go to that school. You know, like some people say tight end you or DBU. So if you're DB, you go here, you go there. So you always fall into that question. Like if somebody was a linebacker, they'd probably come to UVA in this defense. If you was a safety, you probably come to UVA in this defense. If you was a dual threat quarterback, you probably come here to be in this offense, right? It just made it just you know. But I I, I wanted to answer that question about the running back position because I I got it a lot this weekend, a lot. Um. Another thing, people ask me about my confidence in, in coaching now when it comes to this game or my confidence in the coaching staff when it comes to this game. Do I feel like they're intimidated? Do I feel like they, they were pathetic? Do I feel like they let the team down? Here's my thing, man. I always say this. It's a two-way street. Coaches coach, players play. You can give me a game plan. You could put me in front of the dry erase board. You could show me all the film. The one thing is I'm not privy to what's going on in the film room of being a former player. I've heard coaches coach the hell up and 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 teach a player everything that's that's coming. And then that player get in the game and he boo-boo the bed and they be like, man, the coaches ain't get a player prepared. And you sitting there like, fool, I sat right by that dude. He just, he effed up, not the coach. So I can't totally say if it was the coaches or it was the players, but in totality, 
They look bad. In totality, they look bad. I'm not saying that, not going as far as some of y'all said they didn't have heart. Not doing that. Was the effort there for four quarters? No. Because it's evident that plays were out there with guys. You like, what the hell were you doing? Like, what, what the hell are you doing? But offensively with, with Coach and I, he, in this game, last year, you, you sang his praises. Why? Because we won. We sang his praises for a month. Why? Because we won. And when you lose, those old wounds open back up. So is it overreacting? Is, is it overanalyzing? If you just being true? Because if it's just being your truth, you stick to it when a, lo- when a, lo- you know, when a loss, right? And, I, and there are folks that I know, that I speak to, that win or lose, they still point out what a, like the trends with him. And I respect those folks. So I'm not saying the folks who always come to me about it, not, no matter what. You feel me? So I'm not speaking to you guys. So hit dogs, don't holler, because I'm not talking to you. Because some folks, for some reason, I always feel like when I say a certain statement or I put out a tweet that, Oh, you ain't talking to me because you know, bruh, if you already know we talk, yes, it's not to you. So please don't come to me because I get defensive just like you. I'm like my dog. Like you really thought I was talking to you. I'll say your name if I'm talking to you. Trust me. Um, But that's just my feeling with a nine, man. Like, hey, bro, I don't know what you want me to do. I told y'all, you'll never hear me say fire coach again on my platform. Hell no. I don't live by that creed. But you can. I don't. I don't do that no more. I just don't. That's just not my style. Because either they got to improve or they just ain't going to never be good at what they do. And I want to see everybody be good at what they do. So let's flip to defense, right? Um, Because I think I spent enough on offense. Defensively, um, Two big run plays really set, like really changed the dynamic. Well, it was three plays. It's two, so the the forty plus yard rush testing. I mean, rush that we end up holding for a field goal, but then a seventy six yard run to where I don't know if the backer flowed too fast because the backside backer had already triggered in the week a gap, and they ran stretch away, meaning they ran stretch to our strength. And I felt like that backer flowed too fast because the scouting report shows you like they like to press the edge to cut back in the A-gaps. And I felt like that linebacker was just too fast in his flow. And do I feel like he got held? Yes. But if you don't flow fast, you right there. and Because everybody has a gap ahead. Like the, D, the DT is a gap ahead. He's free. And if you slow flow it, you're right up in that A gap in which Juice cut it right up. The safety didn't have a chance versus Juice. He's faster than what you thought. And he got up on the safety quick, fast, in a hurry and dipped. But the one play that jumped out to me the most and was the biggest disappointing play of the damn game was a long touchdown reception. The long catch and I mean, the little out route or hammer route 
that was caught by 83 and ran for a touchdown. When you got a kid who possibly just played his last game at UVA, tagged him off like this was, like, like this was a dress rehearsal drill. Robinson catches the ball and for a 60-yard touchdown. And the corner just tags him off. Tags him off like we in shells, like we just in helmets. I don't know what's going through the mind of Devontae right there. But that was like the type of year we had back there. That was just it. Like, it's no getting around. Like, what? What? WTF? Bruh. Especially versus... T- do you know, even even I felt like he was out of bounds. Do you, do you know I'm still going to... That's tech. I'm still going to hit him. That play right there encompassed everything that was going on back there this year. You just can't explain. Like, there, what the, f- yo, I, but that right there. So, of course, I get a bunch of emails and questions about just a secondary. And I'm telling folks, yo, I explained it, Boston College recap, what been going on in the secondary. I explained after every game. Every game, I tell y'all what's going on in the secondary. I give y'all my analysis. I pull off my expertise, and it never changes. Why do y'all feel like it's going to change? I told you, this late in the year, nothing's going to change. You are who you are, period. By now, your confidence is gone. If you ain't making plays and you've been getting beat and people have been questioning you, you really think you're going to improve this late? No. And it didn't matter who they put in. It was still pitch and catch. It was, okay, you ain't getting beat deep. We just going to throw it in front of you now. We're going to play some zone. We got, look, man, it's a third and two. They ran a play action, and 82 was wide open. We had guys just biting, not reading their keys, coming down in the box. We already got somebody responsible for the tight end coming across the formation, which was the linebacker. The safety came down, thought it was going to be an inside zone, and 82 ran right past him. It's like paying attention to detail. Like, do your job. It's no different than being in zone, understanding what you got, understanding what the coverage calls for, being on the same page, not panicking, not assuming somebody not going to be there. Now, one thing I, I got I to say to y'all, like, like people like, oh, if Nick Grant catch that pick, you do realize defensive backs on defense because they can't catch, right? Especially that type, that... You got you to gotta be above average defensive back as far as in the catching category to make that catch. That's a receiver type catch. That's an over the shoulder because all he's doing is checking his guy, standing on top of the shoulder of the DB. So you can't expect our DBs to finally be in coverage and then make a spectacular interception. That's one thing y'all got to stop doing as fans. Like, crawl before you walk. Be happy he was back there. Okay? That's, I will say that. People like people like man, Nick got to catch that. I'm like Nick not gonna catch that. He's not a natural catcher of the football. Have you ever seen him catch 
intercept. Now I take that back. I know the Florida one. He made exceptional interception. I give you all that. I give you that. But y'all go from check somebody to now make a spectacular pick. We can't act like you know we ain't come up with two sacks. We can't act like we we didn't get off the field on another third down. Um, you know, scramble drill, not finding the receivers. But as far as the secondary, as far as people, you know, if it's the standard, we got to hold our coaches to a standard. One thing I'm going to tell you this, man, if you're struggling on the back end and then you start losing guys up front, it's really going to magnify your back end. What I mean by that is if you're struggling to cover and then the guys that were getting pressure aren't there anymore, what you think is going to happen on the back end now? That's all I ask people. Because if you play man-to-man and you can't get pressure, you're going to get bombed on Betty. So you got to go zone to try to create more time for guys to get there and to alleviate the DBs for having to worry about using their physical attributes and now use their mental and other attributes to take over for the inability to play man-to-man on a consistent basis. Because when we was playing man-to-man, we were giving up hella touchdown passes. We started playing some zone. We started keeping things in front of us. Ben, don't break. At least giving us an opportunity to hold teams to field goals, in which they did versus Tech. They held them to field goals. Gave us some big runs, but they held them to field goals. Made them have a 17-play drive. Like, made people drive the ball down the field. As a defense, I'd rather you methodically move the ball down the field so I could increase the chance of you making a mistake versus okay, let's just play some man-to-man and I get my ass bombed on. And then you looking like, why Why we keep playing man? So we we go from why we playing so much man and getting beat or who's on the who's on the sideline to cover, to break it down, what's going on, trying to alleviate their inability to play my, man by mixing in some zones and running some zone pressures, then finally starting to get pressure to Briggs leaving, to Snowden getting hurt. And you, you you banged up now. So you take away two guys who look at the sack totals. So now, really, teams, all they had to worry about was Noah and they find Mandy Alonzo. I'm just being honest with you. Because anytime we run our A-Dog stunts, we got to cover the middle of the field now. And what was our biggest weakness before the turnaround? The middle of the field. People gashing us in the middle of the field. So we had to stop blitzing our middle backers. We had to start running more stunts. Bliss, we had to start blitzing more from the outside, trying to just confuse uh, quarterbacks. So it was a domino effect to alleviate the inability to cover on the back end in a man-to-man manner caused us to go away from our strength, which was running those cross A-Dog blitzes with our two middle linebackers. Then we started utilizing more stunts and games from the outside, which now quarterbacks can step up in the pocket. So again, those are the moving parts that a lot of times people don't understand. And yes, the one position that's the most important in the secondary is the safety position. And guess what? Majority of our injuries took place this year, back there, at the, at the safety position. 
luckily we had death to still get us through with Clary, Amos, King. And I don't know why Heskin Smith ain't play at corner more. I like Heskins as a corner. I do. I don't know why Gaines didn't play or get some reps. I don't know. I don't know why Jalen didn't play. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, people say, well, it wouldn't hurt just to... Look, man, this ain't rec league. I don't live by that wouldn't hurt Creed by just throwing somebody in there. Sorry, man. This ain't pickup. That's why I say to those folks. Because it's easy for us to say, just put somebody there. We ain't going to get reprimanded. Well, I mean, we see... Like people talk about how folks and, and how they do mentally when you like people talk. I'm an ego fan, and Jalen Hurts and and Wentz. How people got people like Dan Orlovsky. Oh, no, don't bench Wentz. You might kill him mentally. Man, you getting paid a hundred million? That's a little different story. But as far as as far as like the defense though, because this has been the first time really. Like now, fans are questioning. You know Nick Howell and his coaching for the secondary and his, and and just for the defense in general. Because in past years we've always raved about the secondary. You know until you know Bryce Hall went down last year, but you still saw different wrinkles we put in. So now that's what folks are doing. You know, and I don't even look to be honest with you. Why are we even talk about the secondary based off just this game? Why did that come up? Because we got gas running the ball, which. Hey, everything caught up with it. That's why I said it's the perfect storm. All the injuries and all the things we went through this year f- came out versus tech. Just like all your frustration and all your doubt and all your pissed offness and all everything that you had harping in your heart that wasn't positive is going to come out after a loss versus tech. I understand that. I do. Let's not play dumb. Let's not play dumb. You don't get to brag like you did last year. It pisses you off because they some pricks down there in Blacksburg. We saw Dax Holyfield and all the antics he was pulling on the sideline anytime Virginia player came on Virginia Tech sideline. And that young man is very fortunate and blessed that he is a student athlete and not a professional because Petty Hawk would eat him alive with the antics that he pulled and the people he got copping pleas for him on Twitter, when they just say, oh, it's nah. He don't have to, let me stop. But yeah. But if it's a true robbery, the hell with him. But you got to be a man, bro. You got to be a man. If you're going to talk that talk, you take it. They got little linemen tweeting, guys that's injured. We don't even know who they are, smoking cigars. We could be petty and snitch and be like, yo, why are they smoking tobacco in the locker room? We could be petty like that, but you let them have it. You got to take it. Like, I'm a trash talk. If I end up being wrong in my trash talk, I take it like a G. I'm still going to talk trash, but I'm going to expect you to talk trash. So that's why I told folks on Twitter, yo, let Virginia Tech fans have a day. Because we had ours last year, right? Had a good old time. We're going to have a funky good time. Out there talking so much trans can juice. But one thing we can't do, man, you can't implode and just start saying that having the clock up and beat tech up is dumb and this is pathetic, that's pathetic. Like, 
That's what I always say, man. That that the the, the, the armchair all Americans are undefeated. You're not gonna beat them. You can say what you want to say. Just like with the bowl game situation, I'll talk about that now instead of doing a whole different podcast. I'm going to do a recap of the whole season, but that takes me into the next question about the bowl game and folks asking me, you know, if you spend all these weeks, what's what's the, what's two more weeks? What's three more weeks? What's It's extra damn time isolation, damn it. I'm tired of isolating, okay? I'm tired, boss. I'm tired, okay? This has been a year like no other. I'm tired. So excuse me if I don't want to entertain your ass for another night, another day. All right? Student athlete, as long as I'm going to class and I got a choice, because we got a choice of going to a bowl game. It's not mandatory. I think that's what people fail to realize about a bowl game. It's a choice. So while folks are saying, hey, you, you only got this many weeks, okay, cool. Cool. That's fine. I don't want to play. I'm going to go home with my family because I ain't seen them. I ain't really got a chance to hug on them and do nothing to them since July. Talk about a sacrifice. That's a hell of a damn sacrifice. Every day, your ass get to go home, chill with your wife and kids or your dog or whoever you chill with while these kids go home to just a room since July. And when their parents do come to a home game, it's high and by at a fall because they don't want to make sure no tracings or anything with COVID. And they mentally tired. And you got folks who joking, saying, whoa, they checked out by this time in a quarter. Come on, man. Don't always be the, don't always try to be the damn jokes of the day. All right? Don't, don't always try to be that guy to get a laugh. Don't, you ain't always got to be that person, man. For real. It's all kikiing and giggling to somebody call you out on it. And then it's like, well, well, no, I ain't no well. You said it. It is what it is. I got respect for them. In 97, we were eligible for a bowl, and we didn't go. Did anybody like, and it wasn't our choice. We were seven and, five, seven and four that year. Just beat Tech. Aaron Brooks just set a school record, 390 yards passing. We didn't go to a bowl that year. I'm just saying, man. Many teams don't want to go to, look, bowl games about outings, events, right? Seeing the city that you're in, really basking in the ambiance. Tell a marathon runner who just ran 26.2 miles, man, how about you get to 28? Hey, man, just, just run 0.8 more, man, and get to 27. That dude that ran a marathon going to look at you and throw some shut the hell up juice in your face. So why you all here being talking about where well, it's just one this? Why you just why you really saying that? Because you want to watch your team play football. I get it. But again, when a player is selfish, they're wrong. But we as fans, we can always be selfish because we are consumers, right? We got folks who I I pay this. I've been a sick season ticket holder since this. Every boy, I tell you. People pay for things in life, boy. They feel like they got every right just to tell your ass what to do. And that's what that's that's when that's when the fisticuffs come out. Like, hold, hold on, homie. The hell? How much you kick in? Let me give you back your kick in so you ain't can't tell me what to do no more. That that we gotta stop. We gotta stop doing that, man. Stop doing that. People are human beings, man. This young man tired. 
And, and sometimes you just can't control when your mind just be like, all right, I'm done. Y'all know that in life. You don't had a hard day at work and came home and your kids want you to do something. And you flip out and you vent and you go crazy and your wife tell you, hey, baby, that won't right. You're like, I had a hard day at work. I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this anymore. And you get that mulligan, right? You get to sit your high pots down and relax because you had a hard day at work, right? I'm just saying, we so quick to just, to just say, what about me? What about me? What about me? Me, me, me. To empathy come in. You don't want to show no empathy. But we lost a tech. It sucks. Haven't won since 98. It sucks. But we're going to get that damn cut back next week. It's still beat tech. Ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing soft about having that as a motto. Ain't nothing weak about having that as a motto. Five and five on a year. There's nothing to celebrate, but you tip your hat to the year they went through. Because them dudes down the street still got a losing ass record. Yes, they beat us. But overall, they trash. Yeah, they beat us. Yeah, I get it. They beat us. It just pisses me off, man. It do. I lost to them twice. It pissed me off that day. But one thing I ain't going to do through being pissed off is just write off all these kids and question their heart, question their effort. I mean... I don't know what the, the, the Devontae was thinking, but he got to live with that. So I ain't going to say up here, man, you tapped out or you quit. You just made a bonehead decision. You assume something and it won't what you, what you thought. But I ain't going to say that kid don't have heart. I ain't going to say he ain't play his ass off. I ain't going to say he tried to succeed to the highest of his ability. It didn't work out. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. We can't control everything. I ain't, I'm never going to question the heart of a football player. Never. That ain't my style. But if, a, if somebody else wants to, that's them. Me, I ain't attaching to that. I'm not going to feed the wolves. I used to feed the wolves. It, it used to be super easy to come up here and get a whole bunch of damn clicks and streams by jumping on. If I came on today and just headline a not coach and not trash and just went on him and just kicked him while he was down, do you know how many streams I get? I still ain't forgot last year when I questioned him to know the Dan game, had I got thousands and thousands of streams, which was one of, one of the most streamed episodes ever. Because everybody loved negativity. So I know people waiting for this podcast. Oh, I want to hear what Ballhawk said. And some people are going to be let down because they're going to be like, man, you took it easy on them. Some folks will be like, yo, I appreciate you. You opened my eyes out to things. But last but not least, don't nobody ever in their damn mind think that I hold my tongue because I'm compromised and they pay me. They don't pay me jack. I told y'all independent. My sponsors pay me. I make it a point to make sure that I'm not attached financially to the university because I ain't. I don't make money off nobody over there. That comment was made to me too, and he tried to say he was ha ha kikin or trying to make an analogy. You can't make that analogy with me. I don't get paid 
for nothing I do for them. That's out the love for the university. I make sure that my sponsors, that I'm my own brand, I'm an independent. Now, that's a fact. So I ain't no compromise media to where, oh, Hawk can't say this. Nah, I just got a different style in which I operate. So anything you hear me say on my podcast, I say to a coach. If I felt like Coach and I need to use the backs more, use the backs more, Bob. Yo, Nick, what's going on with the secondary? I holler at Nick myself. Hey, Nick, what's going on with the secondary? What's going on? Boom, let's break some bread. Let's see what's really going on. And when I find out what's going on, I'm going to hold it to myself. And then I try to communicate it to the best of my ability on what's going on. Not, oh, I talked to Nick. Or, oh, I talked to a nah, like a chatty patty. Because that'll get a lot of views, right? That's investigative journalism right there. That's the hot take. Now, nah, at the end of the day, I'm a wahoo. Blood, sweat, and tears, two a days. One of workouts. But the biggest mistake I ever made is say, hey, a coach needs to be fired. And I tell y'all that all the time. Because I can't do that job. And I don't know what's up. Now, if I'm in there every single day and I'm privy to a lot of things, then, you know, it may be a little like, man, it may be time. Con- contract up. maybe time to move on. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong in that. If somebody contract up, you got to make a decision. Like, yeah, you know, he had a shot here. But if somebody still got some years up... For, look, man, I ain't going to come to your job and tell you that, that you need to be fired. So that's just my style. I told you I'm going to make a show, though. That's going to be called Ball Hawk Serving Juice on your job. And I'm going to be sitting in your cubicle and let you have a bad day. I'm going to run in your job, run in your, your boss and be like, fire him. Fire him. <laughs> Yo, he trash. Look, look at him. He trash. He trash. Let me tweet about it. Man, his typing skills over here is some trash. Look. Look how, look how he talking to the customer. He don't know he, he don't know what that is. He trash. Get him out of here. Hey, man, get somebody in the cubicle behind him to move up. Hey, man, you demoted. Hey, hey, take money. Take money away from him. Well, it's different, man. Sports and entertainment. You have fun. I get it. We lost a tech. Everybody's emotional. Everybody's venting, compounding, everything. So I rambled enough. It's the Ball Hawk Show, man. Make sure you subscribe. Um... I'm going to do a, a season breakthrough, you know, I'm gonna share my thoughts on, on everything I thought with the season, the stats. The t- Look, man, it's going to take a minute. Um, but everybody had a happy holidays. Um, damn, should I? I think I could get that episode out by Christmas. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to definitely, like, you know, just go over the season, season totals and, and where do we go from here? Um, you know, who should possibly return since it doesn't count? towards the eligibility, you know, what the scholarship numbers look like, the possibilities. Uh, but, but yeah, man, um, lost the tech again, lost the cup. That's the only cup they got in their trophy case. It means a lot to them. Um, do I feel like this game means more to them, to us? I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. They just beat us, period. That's what I'm going to say. They beat us. That's like Captain Obvious, right? They beat us, though. They beat us. We picked the worst time to have our worst game of the season. Like, this game was worse than NC State to me. This, this, this game looked terrible. After the first drive, it didn't look good anymore. 
you had spots in where it looked good, but overall it just didn't look good. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to say it's effort. I'm not going to say it's heart. Like, the kids wanted to play, man. It was fight out there. Like, if you don't care, you won't even try to fight at the end of the game. You don't, you don't care about no pushing and shoving. You don't care about trash talking. Like, I saw kids out there competing. I saw coaches on the sideline trying to make sure they sent in the, the, the right schemes and things like that. Like, guys were competing. We just lost. Like, I always tell y'all, just because, like, when you lose, you, like, you magnify things too much. So that's all I got, man. Uh, let me know your comments on Twitter. Let me know. Um, you can email me, theballhawkshow9 at gmail.com. And um, I'll holler at y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.